Well, hey everybody, Jonathan Gore with you once again. Welcome back to the Catholic Teacher Daily Podcast. Hope you're doing well. It's Monday here. Hope you had a good weekend. I've been taking one of my kids surfing every Saturday. It's a two-hour drive there. It's a two-hour drive back. It's a tough drive too. And uh, and it was freezing. Absolutely freezing. But uh, it's great. It's, she's, uh, it's great to have time with her and uh, just to... Uh, it's amazing when you're, when you're stuck in a car together, you learn so much. I've learned all about One Direction, I've learned about boy bands, I'm, I'm learning so much. But uh, good weekend for us. We're about to get uh, a huge cold front through here in Australia in the next few days. So uh, it's going to plummet and uh, good weather to be indoors and in a studio recording podcasts for Catholic teachers around the world who make such a great difference in the lives of young people every single day. So my friend, if you've come through to the podcast today, you've probably seen the uh, email that I sent out. So Always remember, if you're not getting that daily email from me, please send me an email today, just jonathan at uh, onecatholicteacher.com, onecatholicteacher.com, and I'll get you on that list, because I just love sending this out each day, a little bit of encouragement, and today is a great quote from uh, Georges Bananos, uh, who is a great philosopher and writer, and this is what he had to say, he said, quote, you owe it to everyone you love to find pockets of tranquility in your busy day. One more time, you owe it to everyone you love to find pockets of tranquility in your busy day. Well, if you've been paying attention, you would know that mindfulness and meditation are a global mega business. Everybody's trying to ironically get moments of mindfulness on an app, staring at their phone, uh, trying to get mindfulness through a digital device, Look, which is, I think is a good thing. I think we've got to take every chance we've, we can, but I think it's pointing to a cultural realization that we are an enormously stimulated culture, right? We are a highly technological culture, and there are incredibly intelligent, brilliant, wealthy people trying to ensure that we stay as focused and addicted to devices as possible. So there's that technological aspect, but then, of course, there is just the pace of life. You know, Karen and I have still got three young kids, and and just like many of you listening, you know what it's like to... Uh, I often say that it makes the the uh, the Normandy invasion in 1944 looks pretty straightforward in terms of logistics when it, uh, when it's compared to getting three kids to school on time on a weekday. So we've got the technological busyness, we've got the busyness of our family and private lives, and uh, then we've got obviously your vocation as a Catholic teacher. You know, trying to be creative, trying to come up with with you know content and and lesson plans that really bless young people. So what a life we have at the moment. So for many years, I've been trying to tell every Catholic teacher that will listen that the path of prayer, Catholic contemplative prayer, Eucharistic adoration, the Rosary. All of these things are not some kind of pious, tacked-on thing that's appropriate for really holy old ladies that you see in the in the church once in a while. It's it's really for all of us, whatever age, whatever stage of life. This path of prayer and stillness is for me a non-negotiable. So, as I've said many times, my day usually starts about four a.m. Uh, I pray the Divine Office, I pray the Rosary, and then usually I'll sneak away at some point in the day to a local church where we have uh, Eucharistic adoration every day, so I get some time there. To which everybody replies, that's insane, I could never do that. Well, you know, a great speaker once said that we never get our shoulds, we get our musts. 
You know, we don't. We in life, we don't get the things that we should. You know, that we think we should get or should do. We get the ones that we must get. I used to say to people that, uh, you know, if you have to get kidney dialysis, you know, you make time for it, right? It's not one of those optional things. And I've had friends that have had to go through that experience. You know, things like kidney dialysis are a non-negotiable, aren't they? Like, if you miss it, then essentially you get incredibly sick and you may die. So we have these things in our lives that become musts, you know, that we, and, and if you look in your own life, you're going to have plenty of those, aren't you? You're going to have lots of musts, things that you have, must get done. You know, you must turn up for class, okay? You can't just sit in the faculty lounge or the staff room and uh, read the paper indefinitely. You must turn up. Uh, you know, we have certain musts in our family, certain obligations, but we often treat prayer and stillness as a should, you know, it's easy to say, oh, I really should pray more. I really should go and sit in the chapel before I teach each day. I really should do that. But we get overwhelmed by everything else. So what I'm suggesting is, it's it's this, I've said it many times, it's kind of this divine risk. You have to, you have to take a risk that time spent in stillness, peace and tranquility are not something that's going to take away from your day and not something that's going to take away and make you more stressed. It will conversely do the exact opposite that's a tautology but it, it will do the exact opposite and it's not just from a spiritual perspective there's a huge amount of data you know peer-reviewed studies of how stillness and deep breathing and silence have a profound effect on human physiology so we've got the physical scientific aspect but then of course we have the spiritual aspect so what does this look like in practice it means that you have to negotiate the line between shoulds and musts. That's the first thing you have to do. You have to go, Jonathan, this is nice, it's, it's inspiring, but guess what? You have no idea, I've got to teach six classes, I've got to do this, I've got to do. I've got to drop my kids off, I've got to pick my kids up, I've got to go here, I've got to do that. We're all going to have these different pressures on our lives, but it. I, I look, honestly, I can't go through a day, literally, without this time for prayer. I, I just can't. You see, the rosary has become a very big thing for me. Surprisingly, it's not something that I really grew up with. But I, you know, every day praying the rosary for me becomes a very intercessory thing. So there's a whole bunch of people that I pray for. Obviously, my own family and my marriage and all that sort of stuff. But then there's a whole bunch of people that I intercede for. And I, I've got to a point where I'm like, I can't imagine now living a day having not entrusted that day to 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 Jesus, to Mary, to St. Joseph. That's just where I've got to. Like I just can't imagine now doing a day without that. It's just become so central. Now it's taken a long time, but I guess what happens is that you you begin to realize that this time for stillness and prayer is it it, it shapes you. You become what you do. I mean that was Aristotle, right? And the, the Greek the classical Greek thought was that you your character was formed by the actions that you consistently undertook. So if you stole all the time, for the Greeks, you became a thief. That's what you, how did you become a thief? Well, you stole. And the Greeks would say, how did you become, you know, how did a courageous person become courageous? And Aristotle would say, well, they did courageous things and slowly became what they did. So as Catholic teachers, if we become people of stillness and contemplation and prayer and intercession, we're going to become that. We're going to become this presence of prayer that permeates the school environment, right? So in the church documents, it, it makes it really clear that the thing that makes the Catholic school Catholic is the environment, you know, that it's a distinctive environment. And what is that distinctive environment? Well, the church documents say that the number one distinctive thing about a Catholic school environment isn't the religious art. It's not the songs we might sing in a liturgy. The Catholic church documents are very clear that the number one aspect of a Catholic school environment is, drumroll please, teachers. 
It's the teachers. You take the teachers out of that environment, what do you have? You have rooms full of chairs and you have desks and you have, and you could bring anybody else in, but it wouldn't be different. It wouldn't be Catholic. It's Catholic because of the, and I'm, you know, of course we have, you know, many amazing non-Catholic teachers in our schools, but I'm making the point that the more deeply formed prayerful Catholics that we have in our school, we create a particular kind of environment. So can you imagine that if your school had a whole bunch of people who just were people of prayer and intercession? Can you imagine how your teaching how different your teaching would be if you began to really press into intercessory prayer for particularly difficult students? Imagine that. Because I often say it's very hard to dislike somebody that you're praying for. It's not impossible. <laughs> it does still happen. But it is hard to to really dislike somebody if you're spending time on your knees every day praying for them. So I often say, think of that most difficult student. Think of that colleague that you most dislike. But if you've spent some time on your knees each day saying, Jesus, help me to not, you know, help me to love this person. Help me to be patient with this person. Help me to see what you see in them. It changes us. All right. So we started with this quote of from Georges Bananos. Uh, you owe it to everyone you love to find tranquility in your busy day. So, my friend, that might mean getting to school a fraction earlier. So you get 10 minutes, 20 minutes of stillness in the chapel. I use noise-canceling headphones. Everyone thinks I probably look strange, but in in the church where I go for Eucharistic adoration, it's it's awesome. But uh, a lot of people don't know the rules. <laughs> they don't know my rules. <laughs> my rules are... When you're at Eucharistic Adoration, you can't breathe loudly. You can't. And you can't whisper your rosary out loud. You can't do any of that stuff, okay? You can't. That's Jonathan's rules. And you can't shuffle around and make the benches squeak. You can't do that. None of that. Stop it. What you have to do is be very quiet and still. But that doesn't happen. So I wear noise-canceling headphones. And there's tons of them available these days, and they're much cheaper, so... And I use a, sometimes I use an app with some background uh, white noise, so I get deep quiet, deep stillness. I know you're all thinking I'm crazy here, but uh, I just work with the tools I've got. So find this time for tranquility. You know, just sit in the chapel, maybe duck in there when you've got a free class for 10, 15 minutes. Keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it, and just slowly allow it to change you. And uh, it'll change your marriages, it'll change your parenting, it'll change you, I, you know. Prayer may not, as Mother Teresa said, prayer, prayer may, not, may not always change the exact circumstances of our lives, but it will change us. Okay, I'm done. Housekeeping, as always, please hit subscribe if you're a new listener. Please hit subscribe wherever you're listening. And uh, what else? Yeah, I'm on Patreon. So if you can spare a tiny bit of support, that would be awesome. I've got people sponsoring me a lot uh, a month. I've got people sponsoring me like a dollar or two dollars a month. So if you can, if you go across to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com, and just do a search, Jonathan Doyle, you're going to find me there. Otherwise, there'll be links everywhere in these emails, and uh, I'd love your support. The support allows me to get the reading done, the preparation done, pay for all the tools to put this stuff together. So um, once again, if you can uh, prayerfully think about that and uh, give me some support on Patreon, that would be awesome. All right, that's it for today. Uh, let's get that tranquility. Let's make that risk. Let's take that divine gamble that if we risk being people of prayer that Jesus is going to more than uh, make it up to us in multiple ways in how we discharge our vocations so uh, listen thanks for what you're doing as a Catholic teacher may God richly bless you and your family for your service and love of young people that's it from me my name's Jonathan Doyle this has been the Catholic Teacher Daily Podcast and I'll have another message for you tomorrow